It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, it is Chris Russell here, Locked on Redskins podcast, at least for now. Good to have you with us. Coming up on today's episode, we will continue our Ultimate Division crossover NFC East series. We'll put the Dallas Cowboys under the spotlight. Marcus Mosher, host, co-host of Locked on Cowboys, uh, the other three hosts, of division teams firing off questions to Marcus to take you inside the star as Dak Prescott did not get a long-term deal done on Wednesday uh, and his brother not very happy about it, nor did Brandon Sheriff get a long-term deal for the Redskins, and that's where we'll start uh, because there was three huge news stories on Wednesday. And as everybody probably knows, there is a lot of speculation. I'll just call it that, and I can say no more. A lot of speculation about what is to come. Um, And I can just tell you that it has been the longest month that I have had in my 12 years on the beat. So I'll just say it like that. Um, (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Can't say no more. Sorry. Uh, All right. So let's get to this. Brandon Sheriff does not get a long-term deal. This should not be surprising to anyone. He was tagged at just over $15 million. He's played 19 of 32 games over the last two years. A lot of people inside that building uh, feel his body is completely broken down and will never be the same. Some people felt it was Bill Callahan's fault. I'm not sure how how that exactly works and meets out. I'm I'm sure... There are people that, again, think Bill Callahan worked players too hard. Uh, And then there are plenty of people that believe that players are pampered and not worked hard enough. So, I mean, it is what it is. I I guess it's old school, new school, whatever. Uh, But Brandon Sheriff did not, in my opinion, justify the Washington Redskins paying him $13, $14, $15 million on average with a lot of guarantees, basically two, two and a half years of full guarantees. When he's played in 19 of 32 games, and he's more good to very good than he's ever going to be dominant. I mean, he's dominant on certain plays, and he can wreck you on certain plays, but it's not consistently dominant by any means. Now, maybe I'm asking for too much, but if you're going to be the highest paid NFL guard, Right. If that's the kind of money you're looking for, if you want Zach Martin money, you've got to be more dominant, not dominant on every play, but you've got to be more dominant than Brandon Sheriff certainly has been. So I have no problem at all with Ron Rivera and Kyle Smith and the Redskins saying, you know what, look. We need to see on the field. Now, if he plays 15, 16 games this year and he plays at a very high level, now we can talk. It's probably going to cost you a lot more money, but now we can talk. Right now, 
even though it could potentially cost you a lot more money, you could potentially save a lot more money. This isn't Kirk Cousins playing on the franchise tag. You know, Kirk didn't get hurt. Kirk didn't have an injury history. Kirk's missed one game in five years. This isn't Kirk Cousins. This is Brandon Sheriff, who's played 19 of 32 games. Period. That's it. Period. All right, so that's one story. The other story is Jeff Scott promoted from... Uh, um, he was like a, a football analyst um, and part scout inside the front office. Um, and I know very highly thought of by a lot of people. And he is being promoted to the assistant director of pro personnel. Presumably under Eric Stokes, who was reportedly hired from the Carolina Panthers. Now, we should point out that Don Warren former Redskin tight end, Super Bowl champion, who's been with Ron in Carolina as a scout. It was reported or rumored or speculated, I'm not sure, that he was going to be the assistant director of pro personnel. But it appears that that is not true because Jeff Scott officially, by the organization, was named the role to the role of assistant director of pro scouting slash advanced coordinator. So maybe Donnie Warren's just going to be a pro scout. I think maybe some people speculated wrongly, I guess. Uh, and Jeff has been with the organization uh, for a while. So Ron Rivera said, quote, upon my arrival to Washington in January, Jeff Scott was one of the members of the previous staff that I immediately pinpointed as someone that fits the culture I am creating here. I look forward to continuing to work with Jeff along with Kyle Smith and the rest of the personnel department as we head into the 2020 season. So what Jeff is going to do is uh, oversee weekly advanced scouting of upcoming opponents, responsible for the evaluation and writing of player reports on potential talent and free agency and other professional leagues. There's not many left. Uh, and continue in the evaluation of trade scenarios during the NFL draft. He started with the organization way back when I was first time on the beat, January 2012, as an intern in the cap department and assisting with cap analysis and contracts. So you know he's a, a really smart guy. Became a scouting intern, served as a player personnel assistant, pro scout since 2014, and obviously with the Redskins making all sorts of changes in terms of Alex Santos and Richard Mann uh, being out and others coming in reportedly and unconfirmed, uh, then you know Scott has continued to just climb up the ladder. 2018 uh, Director of Football Strategy. Uh, and scout. So again, he's done a bunch of these uh, things, working hand in hand with Eric Schaefer on contract negotiations, strategic planning, uh, management council compliance. So he's going to help out Rob Rogers as well, I guess. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is this is a real smart dude who a lot of people um, seem to like and a lot of people that I've heard of. Now, one thing that we should point out real quickly is 
in the press release, unlike Monday when they announced that they were going to change the name and, and, and retire the team name and the logo, there was no mention of Redskins in the team press release. Um, there was like a little notation in terms of who it was sent from, and it said Redskins PR, but they have changed the way they phrase everything in press releases and in titling, and it's now just Washington football. So the team itself who took a beating on Monday from many members of the media, not from me, from many members of the media who have their agenda and their ax to grind, um, they have changed their masthead. They have changed their titling. They have changed their reference points, for whatever that's worth. All right, and then the other story is Larry Michael retired after 16 years. Now, there's a lot of speculation, and I'm not going to speculate because I worked for Larry for uh, parts of six years. Um, he was, you know, good to me, uh, and um, he gave me some opportunities that he didn't have to give me. Uh, so I, I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of speculation out there as to what's going on and why the team didn't issue a statement itself and why the team didn't say anything about his departure. Uh, and maybe they will. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is Larry Michael uh, retires after 16 years as the voice of the Redskins and host of Redskins Nation on NBC Sports Washington. So uh, there's going to be a lot of changeover in that regard and a new team play by play voice, quite honestly. So that'll be really interesting to see who gets that. Is it a guy like Steve Buckhans? Is it a guy like Dan Helley? Is it a guy like... Chick Hernandez, um, is it somebody elsewhere in the NFL that is looking, you know, somebody from Carolina that Ron knows? Ron's making this decision, I would presume, right? So Ron's going to probably bring in somebody that he trusts. You know, maybe uh, I, I think Bill Rosinski is the guy's name that used to be the Carolina. I don't know who the Carolina play-by-play guy now is. I, I don't know. Um, but that's a possibility. All right, so coming up next, the ultimate – NFCE East crossover with Marcus Mosier of the Dallas Cowboys under the spotlight. That's next right here on the Locked On Redskins for now podcast. We're doing what we can <laughs> to stay on top of everything uh, as things are constantly changing uh, in an ever-changing world. You know what's not changing, guys? RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is your hub, your home, your place for excellent, excellent auto parts prices. Um, whatever you need, whether you have a newer car and you need something like wiper blades or new carpets, new rugs, vanity type stuff, or whether you have an older car that's continuing to break down and you need major parts, you can get them all, depending on whatever your make and model is, at rockauto.com. And you get them for a lot cheaper than you can at those big super chain stores that have a lot of overhead. Why? Because not only do they have a lot of overhead, but also if you just walk into one of those stores, they're going to charge you more because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. And they try and make a little extra profit because they have to work deals with auto parts suppliers and mechanic shops um, who regularly give them business and supply them business. So they have to charge those people lower prices and they charge you more or overmarket. So rockauto.com doesn't do that. They're a family business. Auto parts customers online have been served for 20 years and served well. 
Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Boxer, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome on in to the ultimate NFC East crossover podcast. We are getting close to football season, and as always, I am your host, Gino Camilleri, joined by the other hosts of the three teams in the NFC East, Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, Chris Russell of the Washington Football Club at the moment, and, of course, our very good friend, Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys. And, Marcus, as much as it pains me, I, I know our fans, I'm probably going to get a few of them saying, why didn't you talk about C.D. Lamb? But I just can't hmm. stomach talking about how good that receiver room is. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball real quick. <laughs> well, that's Some such a tease. Teams. I thought you were going to ask me a question about the receivers. Nope. That's, I did this, not this want to. This is disappointing now. I did not want to ask about it. I actually wanted to ask because you have you have said something on this topic before with Leighton Vander Esch. I, I'm genuinely I I want him in the division because he's so good. What is going on with his health situation in regards to his neck, and what do you see his long term future being? Because I, I think the NFC East, when it's the best, when you can beat the best opponents, that's when it's fun. And he's been a guy that has been giving the Eagles fits, and I just want to know what's going on with him and his future. Yeah. So you, well, first of all, Gino, thanks for having us on. Um, But yeah, you you tease this cowboy, this offense (laughs) and this wide receiver core. I'm getting all excited to talk about it. And then you have to be depressing and talk about our linebackers. So um, I I will do my best to answer that question. Uh, So Vanderesh had uh, neck surgery this off season. And whenever you're dealing with a neck, neck injury, everything is uncertain. Um, mm-hmm. Vanderash says he's feeling the best he has since college. Uh, the Cowboys expect him to be ready for training camp whenever that is. Uh, they expect him to be on the field, but again, it's a neck injury. Any one wrong hit or movement can basically put him out for the rest of the season. And in fact, uh, I can go, go ahead and say this, um, one more bad hit or one more surgery and the Cowboys have basically been told that's it for Vanderash's career. Uh, wow. So this is a scary thing for the Cowboys, but they are optimistic that Van Rush will be back on the field. Uh, he does, again, feel healthy. He dealt with a hip injury last year during training camp, so he was really never 100% at any point last year. Uh, but you're right. When Van Der Esch is 100% and right and healthy, he might just be one of the top three or four linebackers in the league, and the Cowboys really missed him last year. Um they're excited about what he is going to look like in Mike Nolan's defense. Uh, their new defensive coordinator actually talked about how much the Saints loved him in that 2018 draft. Uh, they decided to go in a different direction. Uh, in in Nolan's defense, there's a chance that Van Der Esch could get back to that all-pro level, but his health is always going to be a concern from this point in his career on. 
Hey, Marcus. It's uh, Chris Russell Watts on uh, Washington here. I guess staying on the defensive side of the ball, I'm curious. You know, they spent a lot of money on, on Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, maybe it cost them, you know, with all their other big contracts, Byron Jones. But Jim Tom Sula, who was in Washington the last couple of years with the defensive line, hops over to, to Dallas. You mentioned Mike Nolan. How do you see kind of that that front four of the defense um, – how do you kind of see the front four of the defense and that front line in terms of getting the quarterback stop the run, all those things kind of improving, staying the same, getting better? How, how do you kind of look at that whole uh, area? Yeah, I mean, basically Dallas has done a complete uh, redo of their defensive line. The only guy that's going to be back from as from a starter is Demarcus Lawrence on that left side. Um, just a quick side note on Demarcus Lawrence. I know he had five sacks last year. He's still one of the best defensive ends in football. According to ESPN's win rate, he won on about 26% of his pass rushes, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um, he drew double teams like crazy, opening up Robert Quinn on that opposite side. Um, so while he did sign the big contract after the 2018 season and the sack numbers have dipped, he certainly hasn't dropped as a player at all. So don't worry about Demarcus Lawrence. You can be concerned about the rest of the defensive line because it's such an unknown. Uh, the Cowboys let go of Malik Collins uh, in free agency this year. They brought in Gerald McCoy. I think McCoy's probably an upgrade for the 2020 season. We'll see about beyond that. I mean, he's obviously an aging player. Uh, he's nowhere near the athlete that he was earlier in his career. But the Cowboys are hoping they can get one or two solid seasons out of him. Uh, they signed Don Terry Poe, who played with the Panthers last year as well. Uh, he was not particularly good in the run game for Carolina, but the Cowboys are hoping with Jim Tom Sula, uh, they can find uh, you know at the fountain of youth there for both Poe and McCoy. And then on that right side, it gets fascinating. Tyron Crawford is coming back from an injury. He's more of this big jumbo defensive end that they play on that side. Uh, but the most fascinating name is Alden Smith, who the Cowboys brought out of retirement, who hadn't played since 2015. Alden Smith says he's in the best shape of his life. He's at 287 pounds right now. He says he's quicker now than he ever was at any stage of his career. Um, they have a Dorrance Armstrong who they drafted two years ago. He needs to really perform this year. Uh, again, a lot of question marks on this defensive line. Um, the, the, the truth of the matter is the Cowboys are just hoping they can outscore everybody because this defense is probably going to struggle quite a bit, especially early on in the season. Hey, Marcus, I want to stay on the defense for a minute here, and I want to ask you two questions, actually. The first one, you had a change in the defensive secondary, particularly at safety. Uh, Jeff Heath went to the Raiders. You signed HaHa Clinton Dix uh, to replace him. I just want to know uh, – for question number one, what he brings to the table that maybe you lost with Heath? And then the second question is, is I saw that Al Harris joined Mike mm. Nolan's uh, coaching staff, you know, and, and I know when I spoke about the uh, the Giants and, and the importance of having a former player um, as a coach and, and what that can bring, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the addition of Al Harris as a coach. Yeah, so three questions, no offensive questions. I get it. That's all right. You're picking on our weakness, but that's all right. That's all right. Um, the secondary is going to be fascinating. Uh, we'll start with Al Harris. Uh, this is somebody who Mike McCarthy knows really well from his days in Green Bay. Uh, really respected him uh, as a coach, kind of working his way up through the ranks. The Cowboys are really excited about the energy uh, that Al Harris brings. And he is, you know, if you remember him from his playing days with the Packers, 
one of the best press corners uh, th- that I've ever seen. Um, I think he's going to do a really good job with some of these young cornerbacks that the Cowboys have. Uh, in fact, they have a lot of corners that are similar to him on the roster with Trevon Diggs, who they drafted in the second round this year. Reggie Robinson is a fourth-round corner uh, that they got from Tulsa this year. Uh, Daryl Worley is somebody they brought over from Oakland. A bunch of these long, lean, physical corners that maybe lack top-end speed but they're, but are going to win at the line of scrimmage. So they're really excited about Al Harris. Um, compare that to Chris Richard, who was the passing game coordinator last year. They feel like Harris is way better with the technical parts of uh, cornerbacks and teaching those guys how to, uh, you know, how to move and how to match receivers. So they're excited about Harris. Um, as for the safeties, it, it's an interesting switch from Jeff Heath to uh, HaHa Clinton Dix. I've been one that always thinks Jeff Heath has gotten too much blame throughout his career. Should he have been a starter? Probably not. Uh, But he was a lot of times forced into action and forced to play out of position. Um, So he got a lot of hate from Cowboys fans that I don't think he always deserved. As for HaHa Clinton Dix, as a split safety or as a free safety or as, you know, that center fielder, I think he can be pretty good there. Uh, The problem is, is going to be in terms of run support. One of the worst tackling safeties in the league. Uh, the, The angles are rough for most of the time. The effort comes and goes, uh, but the Cowboys knew that coming in. They're going to use him, again, in a lot of split safety looks, trying to take the ball away. This is a team that has really struggled with turnovers uh, over the last five years. Uh, one of the worst teams in the league in terms of getting interceptions. Haha Clinton Dix does have a knack for finding the football. I think he's going to I think he's going to do well again in that, you know, in a lot of the cover two, cover three looks. Uh, having a true free safety there will also allow Xavier Woods to play down in the box uh, near the line of scrimmage, allow him to blitz some more, uh, which certainly should help him out. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see what Ha Ha Clinton Dix can do. Uh, the team brought him in on a one-year deal, and they're expecting him to be an upgrade over the likes of Jeff Heath uh, and some of the other guys the Cowboys had to play at that position last year. All right, everybody, we will be right back with the NFC East Ultimate Crossover Podcast with Gino Camilleri of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. I will see you on the other half of this break. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome on back. I am Gino Camilleri of the Locked On Eagles Podcast, joined for the ultimate crossover the NFC East by Patricia Trena of Lockdown Giants, Chris Russell of the Washington Football Club, and once again, talking to Marcus Mosier. And Marcus, I teased the offense in the beginning, <laughs> I teased wide receivers, so I'm going to ask you about Joe Looney. Okay. <laughs> Is Joe Looney, in your opinion, going to have an effect on the play of Dak Prescott? Because I always think that the center and quarterback Mm. cohesion is one of the most under-talked-about points 
of an offense and how a very good center can take your team over the top. And seeing it here in Philadelphia with Jason Kelsey and what you had and Travis Frederick for the longest time, do you think that makes a huge impact in your way that the offense runs with Dak and at the center position? And do you think that Tyler Biadas, who they drafted Mm. out of Wisconsin, has a chance to play in the year 2020? Yeah, that's a great question, Gino. Um, Let's start with this. So Travis Frederick retired this offseason. He came back from missing the entire 2018 season, came back, made the Pro Bowl in 2019. Dirty little secret around the Cowboys was that Frederick did not play as well as maybe the accolades suggest. Um, He pretty clearly wasn't the same player that we saw in 2017. but it's probably still going to be a drop-off no matter who the Cowboys have at that position. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Looney was somebody who started in 2018 uh, the entire season. I-, I think he gets a little bit too much credit for that season. I-, I don't think he was necessarily as good as what people wanted him to be. But I would say he's probably the, the favorite to be the week one starter. Uh, will it impact the offense? Probably some. I think more so in the run game than the passing game. Uh, you brought up Tyler Biotis, the fourth-round pick from Wisconsin. I kind of think he's somebody that they're going to develop this year. He might not even be active on game days, but I think they're interested in him as a long-term option. Uh, there's two guys that we do need to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet. Connor Williams, who has started the last couple of years at left guard, who they drafted mm-hmm. in the second round from Texas, and then Connor McGovern, who the Cowboys drafted in the third round of the 2019 draft from Penn State. The Cowboys had no intentions of drafting Connor McGovern at all in 2019 center was not on their list of needs at all but when they got to the third round Connor mcgovern's name was like a blinking light on their board he was just so much better than everybody else who was available to them uh so they drafted him he got hurt pretty early into training camp uh but the cowboys are really excited about what he can potentially do so look for him to compete with joe looney uh for that starting spot connor williams is somebody who the cowboys also worked out at center at texas's pro day um, so he could certainly factor in there as well. Again, you have you have basically two holes on this roster at left guard and center. You have four names between Looney, Williams, McGovern, and Biotish kind of fighting for that for those two spots. I think it's probably safe to say it's going to be Connor Williams at left guard and Looney to start the season. But don't be surprised if those aren't the guys that finish the year for the Cowboys. Hey, Marcus, it's uh, Patricia. I just wanted to ask you about the tight ends. You know, you guys finally uh, lost Jason Witten after he came back from retirement. Uh, Giant fans are absolutely thrilled by the way that he is gone because he's always been a thorn in in the Giants' side. Uh, Blake Jarwin, it looks like, is going to be, uh, I I would guess, the, the incumbent going into training camp. And what do you think they have in Blake Jarwin? I mean, he's kind of flashed, I think, uh, since he's been in the league. But can he, you know, step in and I don't want to say fill uh, Witten's shoes because because obviously nobody can fill Witten's shoes. He's a future Hall of Famer. But do you think they can get the same type of production or something on par from Jarwin as they did and how they used um, Witten? This is a good question, Patricia. Um, You know, Jarwin is somebody who has been pretty inconsistent throughout his career in the NFL. However, whenever he seems to play the Giants, he seems like he's Rob Gronkowski in his prime. I know he's had back-to-back games of 
double digit touchdowns against the Giants. So it's just kind of funny that you should mention that. Um, Cowboy fans are really excited uh, about Jarwin because he is basically the polar opposite of Jason Witten. He's not a strong blocker. He's not necessarily the most reliable tight end. He's not a great route runner. But what he does have is athleticism and the ability to make plays after the catch. And in Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy's offense, this is a team that's going to throw the ball down the field. And they're going to stretch the seams. And they're going to challenge defenses vertically. So getting somebody like Jarwin onto the field more could actually open up the offense quite a bit more than we've seen over the last couple of seasons, despite Jarwin being a lesser player than Jason Wynn. I think Cowboy fans are expecting him to reach the 600, 700-yard mark. I just want to kind of let them know that it's going to be shaky from time to time. He's not going to be the most consistent player down in and down out. There's going to be games where he looks like a star. There's going to be other games where he disappears. Um, But the Cowboys are really excited about Jarwin and his potential. They locked him up to a contract extension this offseason. They're preparing for him to to basically be – this next star tight end in the league. Um, I'm a little dubious of the, of the targets that he's going to get and the consistency again from game in and game out. But I am looking forward to Jarwin uh, being a bigger part of the Cowboys offense this season. Hey Mark, it's, it's, uh, it's Chris Russell here from locked on Washington. Um, so you mentioned McCarthy, and, and obviously they retain Kellen Moore, and I know some things have changed on the defensive side. I'm curious, without the traditional offseason, without the practices, uh, but yet a mostly veteran team and a team that we all thought was built to win and didn't win enough, uh, what do you think the, the, the um, I guess, the best thing that Mike McCarthy will bring to the table? Uh, what do you worry about? Uh, and what will be, I guess, to the gene- you know, to, to the generic fan, the most noticeable impact and change probably in the offense with McCarthy again now as the head coach as opposed to Jason Garrett? Yeah, let's start with that last question first. In terms of what the offense is going to look like, in terms of like their plays and the designs, that'll look basically the same. They're going to let Kellen Moore design this offense and call plays. I think the biggest difference is going to be the sequencing of plays, right? Jason Garrett has been known to be somebody who runs the ball a lot on first down, especially earlier during his time as the Cowboys coach. Uh, They were a little bit more aggressive in the 2019 season, but um, a very conservative coach, especially on the road um, in in big games, they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to get into third manageable. I don't think that's um, I don't think that's going to be the the thing here with Mike McCarthy. They're going to be a aggressive throw the ball down the field, throw the ball all over the field uh, type of offense under McCarthy. And again, I think that's what Jerry Jones and the Cowboys front office was excited about. This is somebody who um, I don't know whether he fully has embraced analytics or not, but his coaching style kind of plays into what the analytic community uh, has been preaching over the last couple of years. Throw the ball on early downs. Use a ton of play action. Be aggressive on fourth down, even if it's in your own territory. I think that's where the Cowboys are going to be better this year. As to where they could struggle without the traditional offseason, I don't think it's going to be on the offensive side as much. I think it's going to be on the defensive side. Bringing in uh, a guy like Mike Nolan, who does run an aggressive defense, that in itself is going to be a challenge. You know, Trying to teach these guys all the different blitzes and stunts and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. You're going to see a rusty and maybe a confused defense earlier in the year. 
and then to even make it more hectic, the Cowboys are going to be using more three, four looks this year. Um, and it's something they haven't done, you know, for six, seven years. So when you add on that with the shortened off season with no mini camps and OTAs, um, it, it would not be surprising at all. This is one of the worst defenses in the league over the first eight or nine games. Again, the Cowboys are thinking they have a chance to, to survive due to their offense, due to their receivers and their offensive line and running game. They're just hoping by November, December, their defense can be average. And if it can get to that level, I do think the Cowboys have a really good chance in the NFC this year. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us on yet another edition of the Ultimate NFC East Crossover Podcast. I was your host, Gino Camilleri, joined by Patricia Trena of Lockdown Giants, Chris Russell of the Washington Football Club, and talking Cowboys, Marcus Mosier. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 